0: First thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers, because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire up. It and it's a race from here on, no matter what happens.
1: He's got him this time.
0: Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's going to be a drag race. Whoa. They touch, they touch. Oh, my God. He's going to do it. It was a video game move. Have you ever? No, I've never.
1: Wow, unbelievable. (laughs) You ain't first, you're last. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And joining me as always, my co-host, Stephen Young of Rotogrinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets for the Grant Park 220 at the Chicago Street Course here on Running Hot. Last week, Ross Chastain won his first race of the 2023 season, his third career win, and he won at Nashville, finishing ahead of the two Joe Gibbs racing teammates of Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin. That win for Chastain did snap a 42-race winless streak for him, and it put him in a tie for second place in the regular season point standing. So, Stevie Let's react to that race. Uh, Ross Chastain, some bold moves there, at Dan, especially getting around some lapped cars, uh, pass for the lead. What did you think of the
0: race at Nashville? I think it's the best, like, flat track we race we've had this year by far. Um, I think it was a great race. I know there was a lot of people, like, hating on the race, but, I mean, we had it passing throughout the field on cars that were better, and then we had a ton of passing for, like, the lead and competing for the lead, and I know, like, people like cautions and wrecks and restarts and, you know, all that fun stuff. But at the end of the day, like four cautions for 24 laps didn't bother me at all. We had 20 plus lead changes. And I know some of that's during pit flat or green flags, but I mean, the three best cars were Chastain, Truex, and Hamlin. And I would put Hamlin as like a distant third car. Um, it was, it was by far Truex and Chastain, um, you could probably put Tyler Reddick up there before he had some issues. But, yeah, I mean, the the cars that were fast ran really well. We had passing for the lead. We had passing throughout the field. Tire fall off wasn't a thing, um, which I don't love. I love when, you know, I want guys to have to manage their tires a little bit. And if I put on 50 lap newer tires, I want to be able to run past these guys. But um, if I had one downfall, I would say it was that. But overall, I thought the race was great. I, I really enjoyed it um i still think you know we continue to talk about ford but they're struggling um big time they did not have a lot of speed again so uh we'll continue to talk about that we have a couple like oddball races here in a row um but yeah overall i think that the race was great and um good for chastain he is someone that gets a lot of crap and he is super talented and i want to see him continue to do well yeah i 100 agree with you there um it was it was definitely an interesting race. There
1: was there wasn't a ton of tire fall-off, like you said, but there was some. There was enough where if you could manage it or if you were, you know, to stay out a couple laps uh late or, or come in a couple laps early, you could make up some track position. You could make some passes just by managing your tires, but it wasn't a ton, like you said. Like they went from uh, the mid-30s in seconds to about the mid-31s. So that one-second fall-off isn't as much as we see at some other tracks where it's like a second and a half or two seconds within a handful of laps, even. Um, so not a ton. And like you said, good for Ross Chastain. Uh Super talented driver. Just hasn't always been able to harness that into wins. And now he gets his first oval win that isn't a super speedway win uh even though it is national super speedway <laughs> first uh non-drafting oval win if you want to call it that so uh yeah thought it was a thought it was a very good race and uh you know there were there were definitely some some passes for the lead i think there were six passes outside of restarts on track for the lead so that's pretty solid as well but that is a look back at nashville now it is time to look forward to this weekend's race on the streets of Chicago. Yeah, we're going street racing. Chicago. The street course is a 2.2-mile, 12-turn track. There are going to be a few newly repaved sections. There are going to be a lot of tight corners, a lot of 90-degree turns. Drivers, I've heard them say that passing is going to be hard, and we know a lot of them have done some some time on the simulators trying to test out this track. But we're not really going to know how things will play out until we see the cars on track. So, Stevie... (laughs) I guess, what kind of racing could we expect? Do we even know what to expect?
0: No. I mean, <laughs> we should we should start by saying that this is one of the toughest weeks to come in and try to predict um, what's going to happen with the race because we've never seen this in NASCAR before. Um, I think you can count on one-hand drivers in the field that actually have experience racing on a street course. Um, and mo- you know I think a couple of those don't even have any experience racing in a cup car outside of maybe a couple races so um what to expect yeah um i think that it's going to be very interesting i want to note that street course racing is going to be a little bit different than like sonoma and coda if someone spins you know we see a part of the track get a caution if you read, if you spin on a, the street race they're going to have to throw like full field yellows um so i think that's going to change i think we're going to see a little bit more restarts um strategy i think is going to be a huge sink because track position is going to be so important this week so trying to pinpoint what we're going to do, you and I are going to do. And anybody else that is trying to bet or play fantasy is trying to pinpoint who's just going to be fast and qualifying because we really think that track position is going to be the most important stat, I think. So um, that's going to be fun uh, because (laughs) again, we have nothing to really go off of outside of like road course racing. And while road course racing will help, it's not street racing, and I know you have a lot more interest in, like, IndyCar. I I watch a lot of F1. This is way different, and I, I feel like we need to continue to say this is not the same as going to Sonoma, like where we were just at a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, oh, it's definitely not the same as going to Sonoma. Like you said, if uh, if car hits the wall, they're crunching the wall, right? And so they're probably going to end up stopping on track, and it's going to have to be a full course yellow We only had two full course yellows at Sonoma. So, uh, you know, I think we're going to have a few more here, maybe. Uh, But who knows? I mean, it could be a a procession. I think this range, this race has a wide range of outcomes. It could be anything from a procession where it's really hard to pass and drivers keep it clean and they don't end up hitting the walls to absolute total chaos. Maybe it will be easy to pass in some sections. Uh, You know, I was kind of looking at the track and there's definitely some parts where it's Multiple, multiple, multiple lanes, uh, you know, traffic, like actual traffic lanes because they're racing on the streets. You can see both directions, you know, the traffic lanes you can fit four, five, six cars wide. So there could be packs passing. There may not be passing. There could be chaos. There may not be chaos. We just don't know. So we kind of have to plan for that. And like you said, um, track position will be a key factor. It always is at road courses. I think that's the one thing we can definitely take away from uh, any kind of similarity is track position is always key at these road courses. So uh, that's one thing. Like you said, we're going to try to figure out who's going to be fast in qualifying, and that should help. But I could I could see a wide range of outcomes. I could see, like I said, anything from a processional almost race hard to pass to mass chaos like we've seen at the Indy Road course a couple times. So, uh, yeah, just a a lot of ways to go about this. So you mentioned, you know, handicapping, qualifying maybe. How are we handicapping, qualifying, or just driver performance in general? Are we looking at specific road courses, all of them? Anything else? What are we doing here?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm just going to kind of lump all of the – road courses together and use that and then look at maybe just this season and look at you know raw speed from those races and and try to just kind of who's been fast on road courses um and you know kind of narrow it down from that who's qualified well in road courses kind of thing because you know we'll have that different kind of qualifying where they'll have like time instead of like going out and making a lap by themselves. Um so who's been good in qualifying on road courses I think is something you can kind of look at because at the end of the day, track position is going to be important. Whether it's chaos, whether you can't pass, whatever it may be, track position, like you said, is going to be so important. And you look at, you know, you were talking about looking at, like, the track and not seeing any cars on track. I see, like, potentially setting people up in turn 12, turn 1, turn 2. But the rest of the course looks so tight. Um, I think 8, 9, and 10, you're just going to kind of follow the car that's going um, in front of you there because it just seems so tight. There doesn't seem... And I know they have a lot of grandstands there and they're expecting some action there, but you look at it and you, you look at iRacing like broadcasts and stuff like there's just no, I just don't see like a second lane being able to make passes there. So, I mean, that's, it's super interesting, but overall, I just want to know who's been fast on road courses and that's the data I'm using going into the weekend. Um, I think there's some value using that data. But at the end of the day, practice is going to be helpful. It's not the end all because, I mean, it's still only a 50-minute practice session, and that's not a ton of time. But we'll have a good idea after practice of who's at least fast. Um, So, you know, kind of circling back after practice is going to be important this week. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one of the things, so just going back to Nashville,
1: because this is going to tie into this weekend's race, you mentioned those Fords and how they struggled. One thing I feel like I've really nailed all year is the Fords. I feel like I know when they're going to be good. I feel like I know when they're going to be bad. And a lot of it is based around the the change to their nose that they had from 2022 to 2023. I think this will be a better track for Ford among the road courses. Uh, Sonoma, the Fords were out to lunch other than McDowell and Busher, It was rough sledding for all the Fords. Uh, at Nashville, I thought it was going to be better for the Fords as it went into nighttime conditions. We saw that happen. Kevin Harvick came up to like fourth place and was challenging yeah. for third place until he had his issues on pit road. And some of the other Fords got better as well. Kozlowski moved up into the you know top 11, top 12 when he was hanging back in the mid-teens or, or close to the 20s all race. So. This weekend for the Fords, I think it's going to be a better road course for them. Not as much tire wear, I don't think, especially with some newly repaved sections. Uh, Also, some more longer straightaways should help them. And then 90-degree turns instead of what we had at Sonoma. A lot of twisting, turning, uphill, downhill, uh, and just a high tire wear track at Sonoma in general. So putting a single lap together and qualifying, I think, is very possible for the Fords this weekend. So I look for a bounce back from them, at least on road courses. And we saw... You know, at Circuit of the Americas, the Fords were, they were okay. Um, We we talked about this when we were evaluating Sonoma. There was Cindric in the top 10, McDowell just outside the top 10 and uh, things like that. So there were some good Fords at Circuit of the Americas. I think we're going to see a Ford rebound at the road courses here. But that is going to do it for our Chicago preview. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around the track. We're not going to do all 12 turns, but we will do four turns each. One pick from Stevie and one pick from myself per turn before we drive in the victory lane. NASCAR betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, DC, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer, all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance, excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Call or text the Tennessee red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Stevie, we're about to take the green flag for our first street course race. It's time to dive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running Hops. All right, Stevie, lead us in to turn one.
0: Yeah, um, uh, here we go, right? Um yep. <laughs> I'm making go Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin top 10 plus 135. Um, after struggling big time at Coda, we saw Hamlin take huge strides at Sonoma. Different kind of street race, road course. I understand it, but after Toyota was just out to lunch last year on road courses, they have a lot of speed this year. And I think Tyler Reddick has really helped that. Um, He understands what needs, what the car needs after running so well with Chevys last year, these cars in general are so similar that you can kind of bring a Chevy setup over to a Toyota and it's still going to run pretty similar. So um, I mean, yeah, after last year, you wouldn't even, even think about a Toyota, but if Hamlin can put down a good qualifying lap, which he did at Sonoma, track position like we've talked about so much should be so important that I think he has the potential to qualify inside the top 10 and Denny spends a ton of time on the simulator so I think he's going to put the work in this week and kind of like a gut thing but I mean all of our bets this week are you know semi gut semi stats and I like I like Denny at plus 135 because if he does qualify inside the top 10 this is going to move I already saw it plus 110 this morning so Uh, Jumping on this one early. Yeah, semi-gut, semi-stat. I love
1: the way you put that because that is very true. And, you know, those Toyotas, they definitely bounce back for Sonoma. Martin Truex Jr., of course, winning. Denny Hamlin had a strong race, leading a lot of the early race. So you're right. If you can qualify up front, top 10 plus 135 is very solid value. For my gut and stat blend in turn one, I'm going to go with Austin Sindrick, top five at plus 425 we want to talk qualifying austin sindrick qualified third at circuit of the americas and i do think the gut thing that ford is going to bounce back here it's going to be a little bit better for them plus austin sindrick he's just a natural road course racer he's got some time in open wheel cars he's got some time in sports cars obviously in the next gen car xfinity cars all sorts of things and road course racing is what he is best at and he does have two top fives at road courses in the eight road course races in the next gen car. So two for two for eight, that's a 25% rate. That would be plus 300 as fair value if that were his long-term average for finishing in the top five. He also finished sixth earlier this year at Circuit of the Americas, I do think, like I said, whatever happened at Sonoma, at least for the Fords, maybe I wouldn't necessarily say a fluke, but it was a very physics based thing. And I think that physics changes a lot here at the Chicago Street course. So Austin Sindrick, top five plus 425 is my turn one pick.
0: Yeah, you got to remember this guy very, very young um, in his career, not even in his career, but I mean, 12, 13, 14 years old, he was. At the Skip Barber Racing School, spending time learning road courses and running open wheel stuff, running Porsches, um, stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm very high on Cindric. I'm right there with you. I am waiting for practice for Cindric, more of just because this is one of those scenarios where hopefully they leave some lines up. We can see how he, you know, if his speed is there, I trust the talent. I just want to make sure the overall speed is there. Um, and I only need to see a lap or two and I'll know if like, if they were just so bad at Sonoma, I'm, I'm just a little worried, but, um, I hear you. I think I agree with you as far as Ford being better at this road course or street course. I'm going to call it road course, but, um, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think, uh, waiting for practice isn't necessarily a bad idea, but, you know, just looking around the market on Syndric, you can get his top five uh pretty low so 4 425 i think is is some nice stretch value there if you compare around you know i see it as low as plus 280 out there so uh just just kind of line shopping plus 425 seems like a pretty solid number all right so that is turn one and now we're going to make the right hander into turn two i'm denny hamlin and this is turn two here on running hot all right stevie Let's take that right-hand turn into turn two.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with a guy here that actually has a little bit of experience on this type of circuit, we'll call it. Um, I -hmm. keep calling it road courses. Let's just go full on open wheel. We'll call it a circuit. Uh, Give me AJ Allmendinger, top Chevy at plus 550. If we look at the stats from this year, Allmendinger and Kyle Busch have been the best two Chevys as far as raw speed. Allmendinger has been the fastest overall speed car on road courses this year. You can look at last year, He's top five last year in speed as well. Um, He was awful at Sonoma last year. They were really bad at road America. He spent a lot of time with the team at Indy and Watkins Glen and the Roval and they made all the right adjustments. I think that's kind of when they were like, Hey, AJ, we want you to go full time next year. And we saw a lot more time with AJ in the car and he's just gotten better and better since then. So looking at just Chevy in general, I always am a fan of Kyle Busch, but I think this is going to benefit a guy like AJ a little bit more. You always worry about like a guy like Chase Elliott, who's really good on road courses and William Byron, who's putting on a ton of time. But after that, you know, Suarez and Chastain, they don't have a ton of, you know, experience on this type of track. So with so many question marks on the new track, I'm going with a talented road course racer here and going AJ at plus 550 for top Chevy. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one. Um, this is, at least for me,
1: it's a, it's another gut versus data thing you know i think our gut always says these types of of races will go to the the, the road course racer the the street course racer aj almondinger uh but there's also a part of me that questions like well the fact that nobody's been here does it level the playing field or does it favor the specific like right. road course ringer so it's it's always a question for me uh but it's always hard to go against aj allmendinger at any road course now one guy you did mention there was Daniel Suarez. He is my turn to pick, and I'm going to take him in a group with the three team Penske cars of Austin Sindrick, Joey Logano, and Ryan Blaney. And this play for me is simply based off the fact that the Penske's are going to be correlated, right? (laughs) Just like we saw at Sonoma, the Penske's were correlated. Now, Joey Logano finished third. That was very much a strategy third place finish. He was more like a 10th place car. Uh, but if those Penske's are going to be correlated again, and if they struggle, Daniel Suarez is basically a shoe in in this group. Now, of course, I do think the Fords will be better, but that said, even if the Fords are better, Suarez has just been better than Logano and Blaney at road courses in the next gen car overall, and he's been right there neck and neck with Sindrix. So I think this line is too long, regardless of correlated Penske's. Good, bad, whatever it is, if we just in- evaluate each individual driver, I still think plus 330 is too long here for Daniel Soros. Remember, he dominated Circuit of the Americas last year. He was very strong at Circuit of the Americas this year, won at Sonoma last year. So this guy has had some very good road course finishes or at least road course performances if the finishes hadn't been there based off of things like bad luck, like at Circuit of the Americas last year with the whole stage caution thing, which we're not going to have this year. Uh, He decided to stay out and win stage one, got put back into the field for stage two and got wrecked. Uh, That's not going to happen in in this case. If, if if we don't get, uh, you know, those yellows, uh, he'll just stay towards the front of the field if that's where he qualifies and and runs. So uh, I like this Daniel Suarez plus three thirty against team Penske.
0: Yeah. I mean, if we look at just raw speed with the new car on road courses, he's the best in raw speed out of those four drivers. Logano is 20th in my rankings as far as raw speed, on road courses so he has really struggled on road courses mm-hmm. the only thing that i will say about logano that's completely off base on this group if you are if logano goes out and he's terrible in qualifying and you get him you know starting in the 20s and you see a really good number on top 10 paul wolf is a strategy monster man mm-hmm. um they were not as fast as they finished in sonoma uh, so just just wanted to throw that little nugget out there that you can always tra- Paul, trust Paul Wolf on, on strategy um, if you do get some n- good numbers on him. Absolutely. All the way back to when he was working with Brad Keselowski there at Team Penske.
1: That was one of the things we could always do was was look at Paul Wolf and strategy. All right. That is turn two for us. Now we're going to head down that long back stretch and uh, you know turn three is a, a little bit of a kink in the road there. So that's where we're headed right now. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is Turn 3 here on Running Hot. All
0: right, Stevie, take us through Turn 3. Yeah, I mean, Turn 3 is going to be fast, so why not go to a guy that's been extremely fast in the road courses, right? We're getting Tyler Reddick over Chase Elliott at even money, straight up. Um, there's no reason that this should be a straight up bet if we look at just... Finishes and results and speed. Um, I, I get like how good Chase Elliott is on road courses. I'm not sitting here dishing him. I think that he has just as much chance to win this race as you know, five or the top six guys here. So, when I'm looking at this head to head, Reddick ranks first in speed, Elliott ranks second. My model has Reddick as the favorite head to head, so we're getting Reddick as the underdog, is really nice uh, because Elliott's minus 125. Reddick has three wins and eight races on road courses. Elliot has zero. I think it's really close. Um, I mean, again, I, I think these are two of the best three guys on road courses with the new car, two of the best three guys on road courses in general here, just getting Redick at even money um just really stood out to me. Yep.
1: Yeah, I, I can't argue that at all. Redick in the next gen car has performed better than chase Elliotts in an eight race sample size. And if so, we're just going to use that then got to take Reddit, got to take him at plus money. Even if it's just even money, that's, that's, you know, if he's favored, you're getting at 50% implied odds. And if we have him over 50%, absolutely have to take that. For my turn three pick, I am going to go back to the Ford camp. And I'm going to take Chris Busher to finish inside the top 10 at minus 112. If we want to talk next gen, eight race sample size on road courses, Chris Buescher has seven top 10 finishes, including each of the last seven road course races. The guy's pretty darn good at these. Now, a couple of those have been, I would consider a little more on the lucky side where he hasn't had as much speed, but a lot of those have been based off of speed as well. So I'm just going to go with a guy who seven out of eight has finished inside the top 10. He's always hanging around the top 10 if His performance isn't quite there and he always seems to be one that just keeps his nose clean. And even in chaos races somehow comes away with a top 10 finish, uh, at these chaos road course races. And if this one's chaos, I think he's going to be fine. If it's not chaos, he should still be fine as well. Based off of everything we've seen from his road course history. So Chris Buescher top 10 minus one twelve, is my turn three pick.
0: Yeah. I wrote this up this morning. I'm right here with you. Um, seven straight like not even just seven seven straight you know so mm-hmm. it, when you're just looking at the the odds he should be minus 140 minus 150 minus 160 and we're getting it at minus 112 love it um I have no bad things to say about this I'm right there with you the speed has been there even when Fords have struggled he has been good no reason not to have interest in Busher totally agree with you all right so that is turn three.
1: And we got one more turn left before we're going to you know, complete the lap and drive into victory lane, and that is turn four. So we're going to dive into turn four. I'm Noah Gregson, and this is turn four here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, what do you have for us heading into turn four?
0: I think turn four is going to be a mess um, in yes. the race. We'll see. Um, I could be wrong when you look at it on paper. When you watch some iRacing, turn four could be a mess. So let's get uh, a little juicy here. I see you're on this as well because I see your pick because I have your sheet in front of me. Um, but give me Michael McDowell, top five, plus 350. Um, love Michael McDowell. He's been the third best car on road courses with the new car. He's had one bad race. That was at Coda as far as speed goes. But this dude continues to just produce. Um, he has a ton of experience on racing on road courses and stuff like that You know, pr- prior to his NASCAR days. So again, you, know, you mentioned, with aj does it benefit them does it not we won't know we really won't know until sunday night um after this race is over but i'm going to go with the experience and i'm going to go with the talent i'm going to go with the speed and i'm going to take michael mcdowell top five plus 350 here yeah uh, we can't say enough good things about how well michael mcdowell
1: has performed at these road courses uh he arguably could have had a car to win at Sonoma. He was really coming on late uh, in that race. So, Pit crew, man, yeah, man, pick crew really, really hurts him there. Uh, that's one of those things, though, that just kind of it is what it is. And we have to remember that, that it's always going to hinder his chances to win. But he still could absolutely get a top five finish. For me, though, I'm instead of taking the top five finish, I am looking at his group bet at plus 380 in a group with William Byron, Christopher Bell, and Denny Hamlin. Now, full disclosure, I'm not betting this one because I already bet him in this group at plus 330 earlier, but instead of Hamlin, it was Chris Buescher. Uh, but Byron and Bell were still the same thing, but I do like plus 380 if you just replace Busher with Hamlin. Uh, I think that's pretty fair as well. It just comes down to McDowell has performed as well as these guys, if not better than some of these guys on road courses. We look at at William Byron. He's been neck and neck with William Byron on speed over the eight race sample size. Now I know William Byron has had some standout road course races, but he's also had some clunkers similar with Christopher Bell. I think it's a little unfair to assess Bell from last year with the, the Toyota struggles. But even this year, McDowell has been faster then Christopher Bell at these road courses and of course Danny Hamlin uh was awesome at Sonoma but not quite as good at Circuit of the Americas so overall I think this group is pretty neck and neck I could see any of them winning just depends on who hits it here so we're getting McDowell out of nice plus 380 price uh I, I like that for, too much for a guy who's you know contending for top fives almost every week uh that we go to these road course races
0: yeah I mean we're on McDowell let's let's do it um i think the biggest threat in this group is probably hamlin i i love the matchup against bell if you can find mcdowell against bell in a head to head love that
1: so so if you think the biggest threat in this group is is hamlin he's 4 to 1 in this group you think we should take that
0: as well yeah i mean you could sure because if you take both of them and either one of them hit you're still up what two 1.8 units if it's mcdowell two units if it's hamlin so yep. i i do think hamlin Again, it's more of qualifying, right? I do think like Hamlin has the upside to qualify really high. Um, Putting down one lap is better than, you know, running a whole race and maintaining it the whole race. But if Toyota has a little bit of speed back in their road courses, Hamlin has been someone that has always been really good at qualifying on these types of tracks. And one other thing I'll say is, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in this race and uncertainty
1: uh, tends to, you know, it, it makes long shots a little bit better. So why not play the two longest shots in this yeah, group if you sure. are going to play, right? So, um, you know, just with increased uncertainty, increased variance, it, it it tends to give more tail outcomes as well. So uh, just some thoughts there on that group. I am taking Michael McDowell plus 380 in that group, uh, or I think, you know, it's a good bet there. I, I'm not actually taking it because I've already taken him in a similar group and I don't want to get too overexposed to McDowell. But if I were to, to take him uh, more, I would definitely take him in this group. So... Well, let's complete the rest of the lap here. We got through four turns. We're going to go through 5 We're going to go through six, that, that seven, that eight, nine, 10 complex. Like you said, that's going to be pretty tight 11 and turn 12. And then we take the checkered flag got to go to victory lane. So Stevie, who are we taking with our victory lane pick?
0: Yeah. Hard right turn out of 12, looking at that checkered and me and you, we're on the same page when it comes to a long shot here and, we're going to go Daniel Suarez, 25 to 1. This is a guy that has had race-winning speed in four of the eight road course races. He's won one of them. He's had race-winning speed in four of them. He is a guy that ranks inside the top 10 in overall speed on road courses. He was awful at Sonoma because they just whiffed. Um, so He, he over-revved his engine on lap one.
1: Yeah, and uh, he, like, never he downsh- recovered. He downshifted when he meant to upshift because he had ran the Xfinity race the day before, and with that H shifter, he, he's going one way, but on the sequential, you need to go, like, go the other way. And he just messed it up and, uh, over the engine. So
0: he's, that almost like didn't even count as a race for him because he <laughs> no. screwed up his engine on lap one. I think he was just so excited. I mean, you come back to a race that you won previous and it was your first cup win and you, you're excited. You had, he had a ton of speed in practice and just, yeah. So we're on it. Um, getting Suarez at 25 to one seems like really nice value here, you know, looking at overall speed and everything when it comes to road courses. Again, he's a guy that grew up racing carts and spending a lot of time in Mexico racing, um, on road course type racetracks. So can he benefit? Who knows? We don't know. We're not sitting here and saying, we know, we just know that going in we're looking at road course speed and, uh, he's had plenty and he shouldn't be 25 to one.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. My model has him uh, around five, five 5.2% to win something like that. So 25 to 1 is like 4%-ish implied odds. So I've got more than a full percentage point of value here on this one. So definitely got to take it. Uh, you know, he was 30 to one, he's gotten bet down to 25 to one at some places. So 25 to one, still solid value for me, according to my model and according to everything, like you said, that we've seen from him at road courses with that race winning speed and four of eight. And, you know, I, I think he probably would have had a chance to have a very solid Sonoma had he not screwed up his engine on lap one, but that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Grant Park 220 episode of running hot action networks motorsports betting podcast we'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the quaker state 400 at atlanta motor speedway yeah we're going to be going drafting once again in one of those pack races on behalf of my co-host Stephen young thanks again for listening and we'll see you back here next week on running hot from action network